Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and glad to be here and glad to have you along for the ride because that means we survived Thanksgiving together. So congratulations on that, making it through another family-oriented holiday where hopefully the meals were fine, the company was better, and you were able to avoid all of the usual pitfalls of extended family gatherings, meaning, well, you know, something always goes left. <laughs> all right, glad to have you here, as I said, and we are, of course, now officially in Christmas mode here at Tap Into The Truth, so hopefully you guys will uh, enjoy and Maybe we can help share a little Christmas spirit with one another, even if Christmas isn't a holiday that you necessarily observe in your personal life. Please accept that as a Christian, there is nothing I can offer to you that is more meaningful than to wish you a Merry Christmas. It's not something for you to be offended by. It's something for you to accept as a well-wish and a genuine, authentic one at that. It seems like we get hung up on these things a lot these days. Hopefully we can move past that together. All right, uh, before we jump into uh, today's topics, what do you say 
we spend just a second talking about our friends over at Four Patriots. Now, uh, as you know, things are not exactly going well here in the United States or for very many other places around the world for that matter. So if you want to be able to truly enjoy the blessings of individual liberty, you have to be self-sufficient. And in order to be self-sufficient, you have to be prepared. Okay, who's going to do a better job of helping you to be prepared than our friends over at Four Patriots? Nobody, that's who. So what I would like to remind you of, beyond the fact that if you want to enjoy your own individual liberty, you might also be in a position where you know somebody who maybe isn't doing the best job of being prepared in the event of an emergency, and that makes for Patriot Products a great gift idea, too. I mean, I shouldn't have to point this out, but just in case it hasn't occurred to you, you're thinking about stockpiling those best-selling survival food kits that Four Patriots has because they're so tasty and because, you know, if you got family members in the house like I do, you have a hard time building up a stash. Uh, there's a reason why you need to get a big tote and hide them somewhere. But uh, the thing here is maybe you know somebody else that could use uh, some of these kits as well. Or maybe something as helpful as a Patriot Power Sidekick or something as powerful as the Patriot Power 2000. Whatever it is that you're looking to do, these products are fantastic. And there is only one place to go get them, and that is at 4Patriots.com. Now, what I would highly recommend you do, though, especially if you are thinking about getting some Four Patriot products as a gift idea. You want to check out this week's specials, the sales items, and the, the things that are in limited inventory that uh, may be quite a while before they can be brought back into inventory. Uh, in order to do that, skip the line, go straight to fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P -P because that's a special site that I've had the folks over there make for listeners of this show that indeed shows this week's specials. It's updated frequently, so check back often, and be sure that if you see something or you see something that uh, maybe you think might be great for someone else, that you take a closer look. And that's it. Now, from the uh, from the Tap Into the Truth page, you can easily see everything else there. You can continue your shopping. As long as you enter there, though, they'll know I sent you. And that's a win-win for both of us because you get to see the best deals they have to offer. And they get to know that I'm the one that sent you. So again, that's the number four, patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. Fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. Check it out. For yourself or for those folks that are on your list. Now, as we know, the government has discovered some time ago that fear is a powerful tool for keeping the public in line. And it seems as we move more and more into the digital media age that social media and network control of information has become a more powerful tool than ever before. And that's why you need to be able to discern information for yourself. And you need to be able to question 
everything. Anybody that comes out and tells you, don't question this, blah, 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 they're pushing an agenda. Now, maybe that agenda is still a positive one. It depends on who you're talking to and who you're talking about. Maybe that agenda is a neutral one. Maybe it only serves them. Maybe it generally serves a small group of people they care about. Or maybe it's a terrible, horrible, very no good agenda like the global uh, cabals. <laughs> for lack of a better term, uh, and you can associate that with any group that you want to, uh, whether we're the one talking about the ones that are out in the open, like the World Economic Forum, or if we're talking about some of the more super secret ones that requires you to have at least four different tinfoil hats to start talking about. Regardless, we all know of at least one cabal that's out there, and uh, we have to be concerned about. So regardless of which agenda they're pushing, regardless of how they're moving forward with it, we do need to be aware of what, if anything, their agenda may be. So always, always be prepared to question whatever you're being told. So when you see a story like this next one, we should be concerned that maybe... The idea here is, once again, to try and get you on alert and try to get you back into obedience. Uh, be prepared to put on your mask and go into social distancing and stay at home because we told you so kind of situation. That doesn't mean, however, that there's not some scientific and legitimately good reason to be concerned about news coming out of China. When we're talking about U.S. officials who now are publicly expressing concern, it started this past week, about a new outbreak in a respiratory illness in the nation of China that have sent a surge of children to the hospital. Oh, it's the children again. Always be concerned about the children. The battle cry for the Democratic Party whenever they wanted money uh, has always been but it's for the children. So, again, be concerned. Uh, COVID didn't work out so good on the, their efforts to control the public because it didn't affect children that much. In fact, the majority of people who had to be concerned about the effects of COVID long-term were people who already had a lot of other things going on and there's no real evidence linking, despite their best efforts to tell you otherwise, that COVID negatively affected or shortened the lifespans of any individual that would have been any different than if they had caught a different kind of flu or if they'd gotten just a really bad cold or something else. These things are interrelated. Uh, is COVID a real virus? Yes, it's out there. Whether it's man-made, manipulated, whatever you want to believe about that, you're welcome to it. I think the evidence is pretty clear that this was modified in a lab. But if you don't agree with me on that, that's fine. You're welcome to it. We can all agree it's actually out there. The question of how dangerous it was is also no longer in question. It doesn't keep the left and the media and the globalists from trying to convince you that, oh, it was terrible, horrible, and we're all still at risk, blah, blah, whatever. But they know most people in the free world, not just here in the United States, but around the world, are pretty much done with the COVID scare. It's not going to affect them anymore. So now they need a new boogeyman, and they know diseases are still pretty daggum scary. So when NBC News comes out and reports that the outbreak in northern China has caused hospitals to become, quote, 
overwhelmed with sick children, according to ProMed, a publicly available reporting system for emerging diseases and outbreaks. That's something you can check, and I would recommend you check and follow it on the regular on your own and look for patterns to try and discern which information is viable and legitimate and how much might actually be a disinformation campaign. I know I'm starting to sound like I have a full-blown uh, tinfoil hat uh, conspiracy theory just at the fact that they mentioned this. But after watching how they handled COVID, I don't think I'm alone in that. So that's also why I want to make the point that when you hear about the story moving forward, you can take the over-dramatics and the over-the-top chirons and anything else they want to push with a grain of salt. But... We do still need to take in the information and determine whether this is of legitimate concern. And whenever we're talking about the disease, you just can't afford to ignore it, especially one that is actually affecting children. And this seems to be doing that. Again, NBC News, stuff going on in China. Well, we know they have no compunctions in China about performing experiments on people. So, you know, maybe we should at least pay attention to that part of the story. Now, this news comes after COVID-19 began spreading in Wuhan, China, back in uh, late 2019, if you buy into the original timeline. We've seen a few bits and pieces of information that have quickly been scrubbed from the internet and keep popping back up, though, that seem completely legitimate. We've talked about some of these stories on the show that would change the official timeline significantly. But if you're doing the kind of work that we're pretty well convinced they were doing in the Wuhan lab, then it's entirely possible that earlier versions may have actually been out. But... During the span of a couple of months' time from when we officially saw the spreading of the bat stew flu, as many of us affectionately referred to it then, based on their story about uh, pendulums and uh, bats and the meat market and all that wonderful storyline cover BS that they were trying to throw out and sell to the entirety of the world public, we quickly became aware that within a couple of months' time, it threw the entire world into a panic because they were using terms like global pandemic. They're still claiming that this global pandemic that was COVID-19 killed millions and was used by governments to implement draconian measures. That much we know, but how many, again, how many people died because of COVID? Not died with COVID, not died because COVID was a factor, a contributor, but was the actual cause, because that's how deadly a virus actually is. You know, if you are not in particularly good health, if you are over a certain age uh, to the point that you're on borrowed time already, then surprise, a bad cold or a bad flu will take you out. It doesn't have to be from COVID. But it's almost never because of the bad cold or the bad flu. And that was the case here with COVID as well. It was because it exacerbated other conditions you were already suffering from. And this is an important distinction in medicine. And unfortunately, we still live in a time where only the bravest of medical professionals are willing to say this out loud and in public. 
they didn't hesitate to use draconian the draconian measures because for most of them it was never about public safety it was never about your health it was always about trying to find new and effective ways to take control over larger populations and so, and as you can see i i'm so focused on what they did here it really is coloring my view of this new story and that's the other shoe here. That's what I'm really concerned about and one of the primary reasons why I want to continue to make this case to you guys because I can't be the only one feeling this way, right? A lot of you guys are probably out there and you're hearing this story and the same warning bells are going off in your head and you're thinking to yourself, oh, here they go again, just another scam, just another way to try. That's natural. That's normal. And it may even be 100% accurate in this case. But if we don't take it seriously enough to find out first, it might be too late before we can do anything about it. And that's my biggest concern here. Our level of distrust for these folks are at record lows, and rightfully so. But it doesn't mean they're not occasionally telling us the truth. It doesn't mean that they're not occasionally, even if it's accidentally, spreading actual information that we probably ought to know. Among this story, U.S. Ambassador to Japan, Rahm Emanuel, <laughs> yeah, whoever thought he would be uh, a J Japanese ambassador. Anyway, he said, quote, China's recent pneumonia outbreak raises serious questions, and the World Health Organization is asking him. And again, you hear Rahm Emanuel say this, and then you hear that the World Health Organization is leading the charge to make this right, and again, uh, we're tuning out. We're thinking, okay, another scam. None of this is going to make us feel better about trying to give the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not saying to give the benefit of the doubt, but what I am saying is that we have to be open to the possibility that there could be a legitimate outbreak of some new pneumonia that's taking kids out in China, and that if we're not careful, we know that China has no compunctions about using their own people as a delivery system in biological warfare. How do we know this? Uh, were you paying attention? We were talking about COVID just a few minutes ago. Locked down people from traveling within China, but were more than happy to let people leave China left and right, especially if they knew they were infected. Back to Rahm Emanuel. He also said, quote, <clears throat> it's time to abandon COVID deception and delays as transparent and timely information saves lives. Full cooperation with the international community is not an option. It's a public health imperative. Will Beijing step up? Well, now, Rom, you already know the answer to that. You know that the answer is clearly no if there's anything legitimate to it. Because, number one, they know that if this is a new manipulation, a new lab creation, that they need it out there before too many people find out about it. And beyond that, they're not about to accept responsibility for the role they played with COVID. They can't, technically, because they'd be admitting to violating almost every international treaty in existence. Not that that bothers them that much, but right now they're still trying to play as if they're the good guy on the world stage as they continue to manipulate more nations around the world to align with them 
and to end alliances with other nations, and they certainly don't want anyone aligning with the United States. Sadly enough, we currently have an administration in charge that would happily help them along that goal. Oh, why should you align with us? We're just a bunch of goofs. NBC News also said that it had witnessed long lines in crowded waiting rooms at Beijing's Children's Hospital. Now, is that an unusual thing to expect to see? I mean, you're not exactly making a compelling case here, right? Uh, well, we were there, uh, Bill, and uh, what we saw firsthand was that, uh, you know, there were lines in the waiting rooms in the children's hospital. Uh, have you guys been to a hospital lately? I mean, just about everywhere. Well before COVID came along, there are, in fact, lines in waiting rooms even when there's not some kind of outbreak going on, even when the flu isn't uh, in full uh, activation mode, which is a completely ridiculous uh, thing to say, but I found myself looking for something to say. Even when it's not flu season, even when it's not cold season, even when there's just a series of individual random events happening between car crashes and kids falling out of trees and what have you, there will be a long line. That's all I'm saying. Not the kind of statement that has the impact they're trying to make here. But quoting here <clears throat> from, of all folks, the World Health Organization, since mid-October 2023, the WHO has been monitoring data from Chinese surveillance systems that have been showing an increase in respiratory illness in children in northern China. Now, I'm sitting here wondering, if you've been watching this since mid-October, why are we just now hearing the alarm being raised in the United States here in late November? It's better than a month, guys. Granted, you don't necessarily want to start a panic needlessly, but it seems like you should have said something a little sooner if it was a noticeable enough spike. That's all I'm saying. I think it's a reasonable question. They continued, however, saying, quote, Today, WHO held a teleconference with Chinese health authorities in which they provided requested data on respiratory illnesses among children in northern China. The data indicates an increase in outpatient consultations and hospital admissions of children due to microplasma pneumonia, this since May, and RSV, a form of adventrovirus and influenza virus, since October. So, as the WHO continued in their statement, they also said, quoting him once again, some of these increases are earlier in the season than historically experienced, but not unexpected given the lifting of COVID-19 restrictions as similarly experienced in other countries. Uh, again, translation, they're trying to blame COVID-19, and uh, there might actually be a good reason to blame it, because if you were hiding in a bubble 
for a year or longer, your natural immune system probably did get downgraded just a bit. Uh, you do have to use it in order for it to be effective. And if new strains of viruses are developing out in the wild and you're not exposed to them during their development, a sudden shock can be a bit harsher on the body than it would be ordinarily. So you should expect to see, uh, even as far back as May, more people getting sick just because they haven't been going out to get sick previously. That's, again, not a particularly convincing argument that something terrible is brewing. The COVID-19 pandemic was marked by lying and deception from the communist Chinese, certainly about the origins of the coronavirus, as well as attempts to cover it up. The World Health Organization was also accused and rightfully so, of not being forthcoming with what it knew about the coronavirus and of trying to cover for China, mostly because they did try to cover for China. We know the guy who was running the HWO at the time was in China's pocket. There, there's not even a argument against that notion at this point. It's been made pretty obvious. Even the World Health Organization has essentially acknowledged as much in their attempts to explain the changing in leadership and the abruptness in which it occurred. In early January 2020, the WHO basically regurgitated Chinese propaganda that falsely claimed that there was no evidence that COVID-19 could be transmitted human to human. Oh, well, you see, there's just nothing that's going on here. So, yeah, forgive us if we're not buying into your stories, forgive us if we don't exactly believe that all the things you're telling us are true and accurate. Your track record does not suggest that we should believe you. Just saying. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break. Move on to the next topic. Don't go anywhere. I will be right back. But hey, before I do that... I guess I should tell you a little bit about this just absolute phenomenal deal going on over with Vanish Holsters. Now, by now you know that Vanish Holsters is one of my favorite pieces of gun gear, and they are running a just phenomenal holiday special right now that you should check out for yourself. This deal that they're running, you can buy one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at a discount. That's that $40 discount that's automatically activated when you use the backslash TAPP when you go to the site. But not only do you get that discounted price, but you can now get a second holster for 50% off of that already discounted price. So get the $40 off the first one and then get a second one for half off what that first one is costing you. That's a pretty dang good deal, especially if you want to own and use the world's most comfortable holster and then give one to a friend or a family member that you know probably needs one. Now, I promise you, you're going to love this holster more than any other holster you own. And the reason why is because you can use it to carry most any gun that you own in absolute comfort. It's so comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing it. 
which, of course, is why they call it the Vanish holster in the first place. Now, this revolutionary holster, it fits 99% of all semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions, and it also lets you conceal two fully loaded magazines. Best of all, it comes with a money-back guarantee. So, you don't love it? You can get all your money back with a hassle-free return policy. It's not hard at all. Now, since this is a holiday deal, it will expire soon, so go take advantage of it while it lasts. Don't hesitate. Don't put it off. And, you know, just just to be real, things aren't really going great right now in the country as a whole. You know that criminals are more emboldened than ever, and you know that the threat of terrorism is looming larger than it has in some time. So don't make the mistake of not being armed just because your holster's uncomfortable. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P right now so you can have a holster that makes it a pleasure to carry all day, every day. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Get the deal the day, okay? All right, we'll be right back. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into the Truth, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year. The Biden regime has found yet another way to undermine sovereign Americans, including our U.S. military heroes. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the one thing that all leftists have in common is their mission to find more ways to bring misery into the lives of Americans. Yet even I was surprised when the Biden regime, which ordered the U.S. Army to leave $86 billion worth of military weapons, so that the Islamic terrorists in Afghanistan could be well-equipped to wreak havoc? But even I had no idea that even Uncle Joe Biden would charge soldiers like Brock Michael, a former soldier in the U.S. Army's 82nd Airborne Division, $3,561 for the military equipment he used during his service to his republic. Uncle Joe Biden armed the Islamic Taliban terrorists when he surrendered $86 billion worth of U.S. weapons to them. Now, to add insult to injury, the left-wing extremist regime leader Joe Biden wants soldiers to pay for the equipment they used to risk their lives protecting our republic. Shame on you, Uncle Joe Biden. He's cuckoo. He's cuckoo. Uncle Joe Biden is really cuckoo. He's cuckoo. He's cuckoo. Uncle Joe Biden is really cuckoo. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where. Go to at the Edwards Notebook 1 via Truth Social. Being stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, 
Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock Beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akuari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... 
Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at RedBalloon.Work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschett from RedBalloon.Work. Check us out today. Eric Buer, and you're listening to Tim Tap at Tap Into the Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Glad to have you along for the ride as we continue on to the next segment of the show. But before we get started again, you know, right now, the dollar is in danger. Okay, the physical U.S. dollar, thanks to inflation. The digital dollar that is still coming, by all intents and purposes, they have every... Uh, every intention of forcing that on us, it's going to do away with privacy. I mean, you're not going to be able to purchase something just because you want to purchase it. And with the programmability of the digital dollar, somebody else can decide whether or not your dollar will actually work for that transaction. They decide you've already bought too many Swiss rolls. <laughs> Oh, a few too many sweeties there. Uh, no more donuts for you. Uh, what? I, I'm, I'm buying donuts for a birthday party. Oh, well, for children, that's even worse. I didn't say it was for children. Well, adults don't need donuts. Oh, so the health Nazis win. Oh, um, let's say you're making a purchase of a new firearm. Well, no, well, we can't have the American public armed, so no, no dollars for you. Just make them go away. And what happens if they design decide to design a negative interest rate while your digital dollars are sitting in your account. The longer you just leave them there, the less you have. And those are all things that not only are possible, but they've discussed as being positives, all part of modern monetary theory. So what do you really need to be concerned about? Do you need to be worried about 
the next dot-com bubble? Do you need to be worried about the next 08 financial crisis? Maybe even the Great Depression? Now, you don't have to worry about any of those things. You just have to be prepared. There's a lot of economic experts out there that are expecting and planning for an economic crisis themselves. What you need to do is to keep in mind that some of the things that they're doing is gold and silver and other precious metals. It, most of the experts have a certain amount of diversification into precious metals to begin with. So what I would recommend you do, especially if you've been thinking about diversifying into gold and silver yourself, is to call my gold company, Harvard Gold Group. They are a Better Business Bureau approved five-star ratings across the board company that makes it easy for you to buy, easy for you to sell. They've got a low price guarantee, and they offer up to a $15,000 worth of free promotional gold and silver with qualifying purchases. So just call for their free investor's guide, and uh, you can find out how they can best help you, or even if they can. And they will actually, unlike a lot of companies out there, will tell you if maybe this isn't the move for you. So whether you're looking to protect your retirement accounts or you want to have gold in hand, call Harvard Gold Group at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Don't forget to mention code TAP. That's T-A-P-P. -P. Mention TAP into the truth. Just let them know you heard about them from me. And that will qualify you for an additional $250 in free gold or silver uh, on top of any other promotional uh, options that you may be taking advantage of, that is still also uh, only valid with a qualifying purchase. But you want to have this great opportunity to protect yourself. I like the idea of having physical gold in hand. In fact, I've got these one-tenth ounce gold British uh, Britannas really cool and a great group of silver american eagles uh, all from harvard gold group you can do the same thing so uh, precious metal in hand or again gold backed ira is not a bad way to go into retirement especially when you're facing this one more time that number is 844-977-GOLD uh, again 844-977-4653 or harvardgoldgroup.com don't forget to tell them that i sent you it will come out helpful if you make a purchase okay so here we are ladies and gentlemen moving on to our next major story of the first hour and that is of course news from outside of the united states the canadian human rights commission recently published a paper suggesting that statutory holidays linked to celebrations of Christian significance, you know, Christmas, Easter, uh, in fact, they mentioned those two in particular. They said that this is evidence of religious intolerance. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> not a surprise to hear anybody that's 
pretty far to the left wanting to eliminate Christian holidays because they want to eliminate Christian values and Christian thought and Christian philosophy across the board because there is accountability within the realm of Christianity when it's practiced appropriately. Now, it's supposed to be self-accountability. You're not supposed to be running around here judging others and uh, all this other type of extremist behavior that the left makes a field day out of. You're supposed to hold yourself accountable. But they're talking about human rights here. This is supposed to be the Canadian Human Rights Commission. Now, I would tell the Human Rights Commission, wherever they're located, the Canadian version, anybody operating here in the United States, anybody across the pond, uh, wherever you might be, if you're claiming to be a commission or a council on human rights, the first thing that you need to know is that if it involves the labor of others, it is not a human right. Period. Boom. Mic dropped. Uh, unfortunately, I have to continue here. <laughs> now, this particular paper that was recently published is uh, from the federally funded Human Rights Watchdog uh, that made little secret of its ultimate aim, underscoring that Canada must work towards the eradication of such so-called religious intolerance. Now, I'm going to have to ask a serious question of the Canadian Human Rights Commission right here. Exactly what kind of religious intolerance are you looking to eradicate? Because so far, all I hear you targeting are Christians. And I would say that there are certain other philosophies out there that you identify as a religion that is probably far more uh, on the intolerance scale down the line than Christian intolerance. In fact, Christian's intolerance is essentially supposed to be uh, held to the standard of love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, we have the intolerance of that behavior in public. We don't have an intolerance towards the people. We want to try to help the people to be better, to move away from the behaviors that there's an intolerance for, as opposed to, I don't know, let's just randomly pick some other religion. Um, in fact, let's, let's leave it vague. Let's leave it a certain philosophy that the left tends to identify as religion uh, that if you happen to be a member of the LGBTQ community, are you going to be brought in with a warm, loving embrace? Or are you going to have individuals trying to, you know, give flying lessons? As in, take them to the top of a tall building and throw them all. Uh, that to me seems like a much more feral and violent form of intolerance, which is perhaps also why the Canadian Human Rights Commission doesn't want to address that type of religious intolerance, because uh, they may be overrun in their offices by groups supporting uh, this type of religious activity. Uh, they may actually be held accountable by others that are actually extremely intolerant of their weak leftist viewpoint. No, no, we'll attack the Christians because the Christians typically will set back and take it. 
and because the Christians also say a lot of bad things about the things that we want to promote, because what we're promoting helps to create division among families and communities so that we can have more individual control over them. Yes, yes, there's, there is all of that. Now, the CHRC, uh, Canadian Human Rights Commission, we'll try to keep it a bit shorter uh, moving forward. The CHRC was created all the way back in 1977 and was tasked with administration of the Northern Nations Human Rights Act. So, while the outfit allegedly exists today, is to, quote, help ensure that everyone in Canada is treated fairly, it has this habit of prioritizing helping specific identity groups and has a team that is just just north of 77% female. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I am going to point out that that doesn't feel very diverse. And when you have a group of people that, and I'm going to engage in some misogynistic uh, behavior here, but I'm going to play into the stereotype that females tend to deal more from emotion, and that emotion can sometimes be uh, manipulated. Now, again, individual case-by-case basis, everybody reacts differently. Not everybody is susceptible to the same level of manipulation. And not every woman on the planet is going to just abandon logic and reason in uh, the name of following an emotional response. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that with a group that has that high percentage of females operating it, you can expect that if it comes down to uh, trying to make a determination, especially if they are talking amongst themselves, their committees are made up, and they decide to vote one way or the other about something, there's a really good chance that it's going to be the emotional responses that win the day. And that's not a misogynistic, stereotypical response. That is a statistical probability. Numbers. They actually point out that that is probable. Okay? I can just hear some lefty somewhere whining about, Oh my God, this is doing me such a misogynist. Okay, well, not really, but if that helps you to sleep better at night, the fact that you would rather not see what you're doing here is both hypocritical and inherently dangerous, then you go right ahead, uh, feminist lady. Now, the commission, which takes for granted that systemic racism is a persistent problem in Canada, and it receives around $32 million in taxpayer funds every year, well, they've assumed considerable jurisdiction Jurisdictional powers in recent decades. Jurisdictional powers. The Canadian government is sitting back and saying, okay, well, you guys get to be judge, jury, and uh, in some cases, executioner. We're, we're not going to stand in your way. We're just going to keep funding you and, and let you do the things you do because we're Canada and we're progressive. Well, so-called progressive anyway. Now, the CHRC now appears very keen on the idea of tackling what a lesser providential human rights outfit alternatively termed systematic 
systemic faithism. Now, I want you to stop and think about that for a bit. Systemic faithism? Faithism? You have faith in a higher power? You live your faith and you engage with the rest of the world in accordance with your religious beliefs and that has become systemic? That is a systematic form of intolerance and abuse to others? Really? Again, I think you're being pretty selective at which religions you're targeting here. Not to mention the fact that I think you're pretty much smoking crack here. It's, it's a bunch of world-class, grade-A, bovine excrement, but I suppose that's what we've come to expect from uber-socialist leftists, right? In a publication from back in October 23, entitled Discussion Paper on Religious... I'm sorry, a discussion paper on religion intolerance. Important to get that correct, in case you decide to look it up. The CHRC stated, and I'm quoting directly from it right here, religious intolerance impedes the ability of Canadian society to be democratic, welcoming, open-minded, and accepting. Only through understanding and acknowledging the existence of religious intolerance in Canada can we begin to address it and work towards its eradication. Now, they don't choose the word eradication here lightly. Remember, this is the left. They are meticulous in their messaging, and if they don't like the meaning of a word, they'll change the meaning of the word, knowing that not everybody listening is going to understand they've changed its meaning in the context in which they're using it. So they get to feel like they're not lying. They get to feel like they're the good guy, and they get to manipulate a lot of people that aren't paying attention to the deeds, only listening to the words, and believe that, hey, they must be the good guy. So they chose the word eradication. That's that's not a, a a harmless, innocent word. That means that their plan, their intention, is to completely eliminate it. But again, I remind you, they're not targeting Hinduism. They're not targeting Islam. They're not targeting Taoism. They're targeting Christianity. I'm sure the Jews will be next, based on where the left seems to be going now. In fact, the Jews have been a target for a while now. It's just, I guess, maybe they don't feel like there's enough Jews in Canada to, to, to make them first on their agenda here. So they're going after the Christians instead. I, I don't know the purpose here, but it's pretty obvious that the intention is to do away with Christian thought, Christian philosophy in the modern world, and perhaps even to try to make you afraid to publicly admit that you are a Christian if you happen to be one. Now, to me, that feels like a form of persecution. Uh, to me, that feels like a dangerous effort to destroy one of the founding bedrock principles that created your nation the same as it did ours. There was a lot of Christian philosophy that went into the creation of Canada. 
You can deny it. You can pretend like it was a bad thing. You can act the same way that a lot of the lefties treated Thanksgiving. Oh, it's a celebration of the destruction of native peoples. No, no, that is not what was being celebrated. What was being celebrated is the fact that a group of individuals seeking religious freedom got away from a place where there was religious intolerance, built their own colonies, and managed to develop friendships with the local native population, and they shared a bountiful uh, meal together. It's a celebration of many positive things. Now, does that mean there were no negative things surrounding it? Yeah, you can dig up anything you want. Any country that's existed for more than five minutes has at least one atrocity in its closet. It doesn't mean we ignore it. We should bring it out into the open. We should address it. We should learn from it. We should move forward together. That doesn't mean you don't celebrate the positives that came from it. It doesn't mean that you ignore the good things that have happened along the way. It just means that you Take a balanced approach that you understand the shared history from the moment you both became a member of the same nation, and you move forward to try and live up to the promises that have been made for a better world, not just step back and whine about the bad things that's happened and try to tear it all down as a result. But these people are talking about the eradication of Christian thought. Because in their mind, uh, there's religion intolerance among Christianity. I'm sorry, there's not a whole lot of religions out there that are preaching a tolerance of other religions, no matter which ones you pick out. Is that what you're talking about? Well, you know, the, uh, the Hindu can't get along with the uh, Greek Orthodox Church. Okay, random. Why? Why can't they? Pretty sure they actually do in certain circumstances, especially a melting pot like here in the United States. Do you know why? Because while they still want to promote the idea that their faith is the correct faith, generally most religions have the intention of trying to enlighten you or save your soul. You don't do that by declaring someone an enemy that must be destroyed if they won't convert or submit. Gee, yeah, you get the feeling that I keep talking about a certain other idea that I, I know they're not about to challenge. No, no, no. The Canadians aren't going to. They're not going to do it here in the United States either. They don't have the courage or guts to do it in Europe. Nope, it's not going to happen. Not from an official standpoint, except maybe one or two countries like uh, maybe Poland. Poland, maybe Hungary, you know, a few a few countries, the leadership are going to stand up and say, uh, we're drawing a line here because you guys, you refuse to get along with the other people that are there. You think, yeah, I just have to take over. We like our country the way it is. Anyway, I should get back to the story here. Uh, quoting from the paper, it said, religious intolerance can materialize in many ways, from microaggressions to lack of accommodation and acceptance of religious practices. Oh, how terrible. Well, what if that accommodation to a religious practice actually undoes the sanctity of your religious practice? Are you supposed to be tolerant of that? Or should you just have a separate uh, incident? 
where you practice your faith in your community the way you want to, and the others practice theirs in a different way. There's a reason why no Christian uh, religious leader is ever invited to come preach a sermon at a mosque. I'm going to continue on. I know we're running long for the segment, but it's the Sunday show. So we're not being rebroadcast. I can have some wiggle room with the uh, timing. So I hope you'll stay with me. Now, the intolerance they're talking about here, as they want you to believe, uh, they say that this intolerance is allegedly deeply rooted in Canada's identity as a settler colonial state and manifest itself in present-day systemic religious discrimination. Now, I would surmise they're probably pointing to the uh, Inuits and other groups that they deem to have been there before uh, settlement of the Canadian area by uh, the European factions. But to say that religious discrimination is requiring of the eradication of a philosophy that your nation is essentially built upon, uh, that seems a bit extreme especially given that that religious discrimination doesn't actually call for the ending or the eradication of the other practices. It does call for evangelizing an effort to convert as many people as possible. And I will point out that it calls for that in a nonviolent way. The church hasn't always lived up to that particular aspect but I can think of one or two other philosophies that are recognized as religions that it is their primary purpose to use force, if necessary. To, to not hesitate to use force and dishonesty and deception in the advancement of their philosophy. Uh, those are things that have all been done in the name of Christianity, but it's always been done in defiance of the principles of Christianity as opposed to actually just following the precepts of the philosophy, a.k.a. religion. So there is a primary difference right there, right at the top. And you want to tell me, and you know just because this is happening in Canada now, it's coming to the states. People have already been saying it. It's just going to be a question of how long it's going to take before an official government agency is trying to force this down our throats in a more obvious fashion. Now, there's already been efforts, uh, especially in recent administrations, to keep people from living their faith to stop being openly in how they conduct business and how they perform their daily interactions with people. This is inappropriate workplace behavior, or you're not allowed to, to bake a cake for a birthday party, but not a gender reveal party uh, when uh, it's not a new baby's being revealed, but uh, it's a teenager that's revealing that uh, they no longer think themselves to be the gender they were born as. No, no, you, you have no options in that. You're not allowed to be a baker 
period, if you're not going to play the full game. You're not going to do exactly what we tell you. Really? This is what we expect? We've already seen this. This is the same effort. It's just in Canada, the system is set up in a way where the average citizen, especially the Christian citizen, has fewer options and fewer ways to address the government and correct the problem. Their only way to correct this is to find enough conservative candidates to become uh, parts of their government so that they can reverse this course. And that will take decades at this point. It's already gone too far. I'm sorry, I just this irritates me to no end. You, you've heard me go on for years now about how it missed me that people just get in this big hurry to jump right past Thanksgiving because there's not a good way to remove the religious aspect of the Thanksgiving holiday. They've managed to do it with Christmas. They've commercialized it to the point that there's a ton of people that haven't even heard of Jesus, but they know Santa Claus, and they know Rudolph, and they know Frosty, and... There's nothing wrong with having fun with those characters and enjoying the stories, but you need to know the reason for the season. You need to understand the whole point, and it's not about just running around and uh, buying Christmas cards and having people get you expensive things that you probably didn't want for yourself unless you're a kid and you just love the toys for 15 minutes and break them and then you move on. <laughs> That's not Christmas. But the left has managed to get us to that point. So now they want to attack Christmas and Easter in particular to the point that they want to remove them from the calendars, people. They want them removed from the calendars. Why? Because that's what eradication requires. They didn't say they wanted them off the calendar. They said they wanted to eradicate it. What do you think that means? Even if you look up a lefty pitiful dictionary, that's a horrible dictionary, it's going to tell you that eradication means total elimination. No mas. It's what the so-called Palestinians want to do to the Jewish people. Not just in Israel, but all around the world. Eradication. The National Post highlighted that, contrary to the core claim of the paper, the free exercise of religion has been Canadian law since before the nation's confederation in 1867. The colonial province of Canada enacted the Freedom of Worship Act in 1851, protecting, quote, free exercise and enjoyment of religious profession and worship without discrimination or preference, meaning that it has been the law in Canada that not only do they not get to officially uh, perform any negative uh, engagements because of someone's faith, but that it also means the government can't come down on the predominant side either. It's not that dissimilar to the idea, the notion of freedom of religion here in our Constitution here in the United States. It's just, it's the law in Canada. It's been the law in Canada since 1851. 1851. It's before Canada was officially Canada. It's before the different... 
provinces joined together and said, okay, we are Canada. I mean, better than 10 years before. The free exercise and enjoyment of religious profession and worship without discrimination or preference. Now, that's a pretty big deal, and it would mean to me that if you're seeing some type of systemic effort to discriminate against lesser religions, and again, this would be you referring to them as lesser, by virtue of fewer people practicing it, I would presume, then, then that's on you. You're the one that's allowed it to get to that point, and you can't undo the harms done by doing new harms to a different group that was in a different power dynamic. I mean, that's Ibram X. Kendi type of ideology. Well, you know, the only answer to racism is more racism. We're just we're exercising racism against a different group. The only uh, remedy for past racism is, is current racism, and the only remedy for current racism is future racism, and, and it's a vicious cycle that doesn't really make sense when you try to hold it up to scrutiny. It just doesn't. It's the very same logic that they argue is the issue between the so-called Palestinians and the Israelis. Only they say the Israelis keep, uh, they keep responding. So naturally, the Palestinians have to keep responding too, and it's all a big mess that Israel would just stop. But then again, you're still talking about racism to fight racism. Clearly not a solution. Never been a no reasonable, intelligent individual that spent more than 20 seconds thinking about it could ever come to that conclusion. So if you consider yourself learned and thoughtful and you're agreeing with Ibram X. Kendi, if you're agreeing that it requires racism to have to fight racism, then you're not an intelligent, reasonable, rational individual that spent any time thinking about it. Now, I don't know which one of those particular descriptors apply to you. Maybe they all do. Maybe it's only one of them that does. But it's pretty obvious that at least one of them does apply. Either you're not reasonable, rational, not as learned and thoughtful as you think, or maybe you're just a dummy. Maybe you haven't thought much about it. Just buying into the leftist talking points. And if that's the case, spend some time thinking about it. Because... It's not like it takes me to sit here and poke holes in that particular theory. Now, despite well over a century of religious pluralism, the CHRC paper that they put out, it claims that, quote, discrimination against religious minorities in Canada is grounded in Canada's history of colonialism. This history manifests itself in present-day systemic religious discrimination. An obvious example is statutory holidays in Canada. Statutory holidays related to Christianity, including Christmas and Easter, are the only Canadian statutory holidays linked to religious holy days. Now, again, statutory means they're observed legally. They get a day off. All the government offices get to shut down. They're the only ones on the calendar that are religious-based. 
I just wanted that to sink in for a second. They do want them off the calendars. They don't want people celebrating Christmas and Easter. I mean, they don't care if you celebrate them privately, quietly, at home, out of sight of all other Canadians everywhere. And I'm sure they'll think of some other clever day to let the government officials still take the days off. Well, you know, we've got spring uh, day where we're appreciating the rebirth of Mother Nature as Gaia emerges from her winter slumber instead of Easter and transition through the winter solstice as we move away from the coldest months and begin our trek back towards spring uh, for Christmas. All right, that's some pagan-esque uh, ideology. Quoting again here, as a result, non-Christians may need to request special accommodations to observe their holidays and other times of the year where their religion requires them to abstain from work. Now, is there really some horrific instance of employers in Canada that aren't giving people time off if they ask for it? I mean, I would like to know, if you ask for the time off in advance and you're observing whatever holiday your faith uh, demands you honor, uh, is there anybody really just saying, I'm sorry, we only observe Easter and Christmas here in Canada, and we're not about to make that accommodation for you. Is that really a thing that's required? Well, nobody else has to ask for time off for Christmas, Tim, so that is kind of a thing. No, it's only a thing if everybody is denied that time off, and I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure uh, Canada is running very similar to the United States in its uh, daily policies, so I'm pretty sure there's a lot of folks that aren't getting Christmas and Easter off either. Whether they're working in a hospital or a convenience store, there's a lot of folks that just don't get that time off. Fire breaks out at your house, the, the fire department has to be able to respond. Uh, somebody's Breaking into your home, you got to have the cops show up. It's not like everybody gets time off regardless of their religion. So, yeah, I, I, what are the accommodations that are being made? Are you really telling me you need to take Christmas and Easter off the calendar just because you're afraid somebody might be mad that they're not getting 12 days off for Hanukkah? I mean, is that what we're looking at? Because I'm pretty sure you're not that worried about the Jews. Just based on everything I've been seeing here lately. Just saying. Christians, non-Christians may need to request special accommodations. Yeah, asking for a day off. What a special accommodation. I think we all have to do that from time to time. <coughs> is it a special accommodation? In the eyes of the business, I'm sure it is. But when you think about it, a lot of businesses giving you time off for Christmas and Easter is also a special accommodation, one that a lot of them probably would prefer they didn't have to do. <laughs> one that a lot of them still don't do, as I kind of already alluded to. Now, while the CHRC insinuated that the celebration of Christmas and Easter in a nation where an estimated 63% of its population is Christian, comes at the expense of non-Christians. The paper later acknowledges that Canadian employers and service providers are legally 
obligated and duty-bound to accommodate the religious requirements of clients and employees. So, okay, everything that I just said a minute ago, only it's the law. They're legally obligated. Oh my goodness gracious, I guess there's not such an issue with intolerance or discrimination after all. Now, conservative lawmakers like Jeremy Patzer responded to this report, uh, writing, quote, This is ridiculous. Christmas is celebrated all around the world by people of different ethnic and religious backgrounds. This is another example of woke ideology fermenting within the federal government. I, for one, will be celebrating Christmas wholeheartedly. Merry Christmas. Okay, seems a little over the top, but I like taking the strong stand. Congratulations, Jeremy. John Rusted, leader of the Conservative Party of British Columbia, got up on uh, X, formerly Twitter, tweeted out, The Trudeau liberals have lost their minds to woke culture. There is nothing discriminatory about Christmas. Okay. Granted, you're only being a keyboard warrior here, John, but you're right. Christmas has been celebrated in Canada for well over three centuries at this point, and has been a multicultural event for just as long. According to the Canadian Encyclopedia, there are indications that Jeanne de Brefaux, and I'm probably butchering that because I'm way out of practice with my French, uh, an early missionary who was ultimately tortured to death by Iroquois Indians, uh, according to indications from him, Christmas was celebrating, uh, they were all celebrating Christmas with the Huron Indians in their native tongue as early as 1640s. Now, when they say celebrating, they weren't saying that they were trying to convert them to Christianity, although an effort to show this winter festival where we uh, celebrate the birth of Christ is kind of a a camel's nose under the tent moment. It's an effort to open the door to preaching the gospel without being disrespectful to the culture that's there. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, Christianity as it exists within the gospels is a net positive, and it doesn't harm anyone. Unfortunately, it's not always practiced as it should be based on the gospel, but that's feelings of individual people, not of the philosophy itself, not of the teachings, not of the values. And again, the left hates Christianity for the same reason it hates the idea that it's the United States of America. It stands in their way of what they believe is their power, what's owed them, what's due to them. Dangerous, dangerous thoughts. That's all. All right, let's go ahead and take that break. I'm only, what, uh, 18 and a half minutes late. Uh, Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into the Truth, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, sugar. I sure do like 
like those Christmas cookies, babe. The ones that look like Santa Claus, Christmas trees and bells and stars. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe. A candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas candy cane. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, the candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. Candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stained it with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time, but the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Alrighty then, I guess that's enough for now. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead. That was essentially resetting the hour, even though <laughs> nearly an hour and a half in. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. But before we do, I want to remind you again uh, about our friends over at Four Patriots. Uh, look, guys, I'm really, really uh, trying to, to make sure that you stop and think about 
what you can do in the event that things go south. And we know that things have a way of taking a left turn, and especially when we least expect it. Under the current administration, there's not a whole lot of good things we can count on other than each other and the dedication that Poor Patriots has in helping you to be prepared for the worst. So whether you're looking at the need for backup electricity that can be sourced through solar power if need be, or if you're looking at trying to make sure that you have something to eat like the award-winning best-selling survival food kits that are rated to last for 25 years, but, I mean, good luck at keeping it that long because it, it tastes so good that once you get into your stash, it's going to go quickly. That's that's what I'm telling you. Uh, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, in fact, we had some of our Four Patriots stuff for our Thanksgiving meal, believe it or not, because somebody forgot to get mac and cheese. So what did we do? Well, we we had mac and cheese anyway. So it's just something to keep in mind. But the other thing right now that you really should think about is that it's not about just making sure that you're prepared. Do you have somebody on your Christmas list that you think should be better prepared? That's where Four Patriots may come in and to be very helpful there. Now, I've had the folks over at Four Patriots create a special page just for listeners to uh, tap into the truth. And you can go visit them at the number four patriots.com backslash TAPP. Once you're there, you'll get to see this week's special deals. Now, that is a great place to start holiday shopping for the people that may fall on your Christmas list that fall into the category of needing to be a little better prepared. Find some stuff that might work out really for them. Now, once you're there, you, of course, can shop the entire site. It's all great. They'll still know I sent you, so you're going to be in good hands. But the specials, whether it's an item that's on sale or an item that the inventory is getting particularly low, so it may not be available for an extended period of time. Those are the things that you really want to make sure that you call dibs on. And you do that by going to fourpatriots.com backslash TAPP, see everything they got going on there, and just kind of keep in mind, it's not just you that needs to be prepared. If anybody's on your Christmas list at all, that can benefit from these items, at least take a look. All right, let's get back to uh, let's get back to the show, uh, especially now that I'm running behind. Okay, so we've seen a lot of crazy uh, on college campuses and in media, not just U.S. media, but uh, global media, uh, as the entire reaction from the October seventh terrorist attack committed by members of Hamas against the Israeli people. Uh, We've seen lots of just insanity, quite honestly. And it continues. And it's not being limited any longer to just uh, college campuses or random protest out on the street. Example here, a Jewish teacher in New York City was forced to lock herself in an office at her school after hundreds of radicalized students began rampaging through the school after they learned that this teacher had attended a pro-Israel rally. Now, this is all according to a report. The terrifying incident reportedly happened at Hillcrest High School in Queens, 
around 11 a.m. on Monday of this past week and only became public news on Saturday, nearly a full week later, after the New York Post broke the story. So, you know, the New York Times couldn't be bothered to report on the story. The New York Post had to get wind of it. And, uh, you know, at least they're willing to tell the whole story there. Quoting from the Post, the teacher was seen holding a sign of Israel, like supporting it. This <clears throat> was something that a senior at the school was saying to a reporter from the Post. Back to this quote, a bunch of kids decided to make a, a group chat, expose her, talk about it, and then talk about starting a riot. I see, I love the fact that this student is smart enough to understand that they're not protesting, that they are rioting, which, guys, that's technically against the law. So I would have advised you to have spoke to a, an attorney, but, you know, this kid said that a bunch of kids decided to do it, not necessarily including themselves. So they're still legally covered here, right? <laughs> anyway, the Post reported that hundreds of students stormed into hallways and ran amok, chanting, jumping, shouting, and waving Palestinian flags or banners, adding that many tried to barge into the teacher's classroom despite school staffers blocking their entry. Now, writer Steve McGuire posted a video on X writing, quote, The scene at Hillcrest High School in Queens as a Jewish teacher hid in her locked office for hours while students demanded she be fired for attending a pro-Israel rally. Students reportedly were screaming that the teacher needed to be fired because she supported Israel. Now, the video was posted on TikTok. Of course, everybody knows TikTok is currently controlled by the Chinese Communist Party and has spread a lot of pro-Hamas and anti-Israel propaganda in the last several weeks. But uh, the comments on the video were vile and racist, with people calling the teacher a cracker A-B for supporting Israel, uh, cracker a donkey female dog. Is that clear enough? <laughs> you know, I, I don't like dropping profanity on the show. Sorry, if you were looking for me to do it. It's, sometimes I think it's more fun to try to be creative with how you're going to describe the words, but cracker A-B. Anyway, the New York Police Department sent a couple of dozens of police officers, including its Counterterrorism Bureau, to kind of quell this uprising, this insurrection, if you will, uh, at the school. Quoting here from City Councilman James Gianaro, a Democrat from Queens, whether it was one student or multiple students who did or said something, whatever the trigger was, something happened. And I know from my many years on the city council that the counterterrorism task force is not engaged unless they believe it is potentially a serious situation. Okay, well, <laughs> that sounds to me like a whole bunch of uh, some people did something. So obviously, James has gone to the Ilhan Omar School of not answering a question. New York City Mayor Eric Adams claimed that the New Yorkers were better than this. Uh, well, are they? I mean, I've got to ask because clearly 
this is a thing that happened. And these kids learn this modeled behavior from somewhere. Uh, they've been taught by people like you, Mayor Adams, Democrat, firmly believes in the tearing down of societal norms. They firmly believe that this is an acceptable form of protest. They, they don't even understand that protest as a word has a meaning, and this is not part of the meaning. The vile show of anti-Semitism at Hellcrest High School was motivated by ignorance. It was motivated by ignorance-fueled hatred. And it's pretty obvious. It's right there. It should not be tolerated in any schools anywhere, especially in New York. But why? Why are we tolerating this? Why is there not more effort to hold the individuals who perpetrate the bad behavior accountable for their behavior rather than an effort to cover it up? And yes, there was an effort to cover it up. There's no two ways about it because otherwise it would have not taken from Monday until Saturday for people to find out about it that were not directly involved. You can't keep something that ridiculous quiet that long without there being an effort to do so. And the administrators at uh, Hillcrest High School, they don't have the strings to, to keep that out of the news. But there's also part of a narrative that most of the media don't want the American citizenry aware of. It's like, no, 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 this isn't a thing that's happening. This might make the Palestinians and those that support them look bad. This might show that we're actually radicalizing students rather than trying to teach them to be thoughtful, well-mannered individuals with the capability of being open-minded and seeing two sides of an argument before coming to a decision that is willing to to accept information and facts and make determinations based not on emotion, but on the facts that are on the ground. No, we can't admit that that's not what we're teaching kids anymore. We need this story squashed, but here it is. This is not a college campus, guys. I I've been telling you for t some time now, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one out there saying this, but I am reasonably certain I was one of the earliest people sounding this particular alarm. Uh, it's not only on college campuses. It's happening in high schools. It's happening in middle schools. It's happening in grammar schools. It's happening at kindergarten with a freaking <sighs> drag queen story hours. The, the effort to manipulate children and how they think it's not a new thing. It's been going on for a while, and now we see radicalized high school students many of whom probably jumped on board with running around in the hallways because it was a chance to misbehave, not because they really bought into this whole, oh yeah, I'm for the Palestinians, or oh, I hate any teacher that's going to show up at a pro-Israel rally. Uh, guys, let me throw this out at you, if you happen to be a student at Hillcrest High School. If you are Jewish, there's a really high probability that you're going to be pro-Israel, and no one should expect them not to be. Now, if you come across uh, one or two or a couple of dozen Jews that actually don't like the idea of a state of Israel, that are actually 
uh, all for tearing it down because they have no connections to Israel and don't want to form them, then okay, fair enough, that's on them. But you can't expect a Jewish person not to be pro-Israel. It's literally the only nation-state that's set aside for the Jewish people. That's a pretty good reason to be pro-Israel if you happen to be Jewish. It doesn't require anything else. Now, I'm pro-Israel for a few other reasons that make perfect sense. Like the fact that they are generally a peaceful nation. That they would like to get along with their neighbors. They've demonstrated it enough historically. So whatever poison and vitriol you've been fed to believe otherwise is at best misinformation. And it's typically just an effort to manipulate you into taking the side of those that would just see the destruction and the genocide of the Jewish people. Now, maybe you're on board with that. Maybe you are an anti-Semite. Maybe you're cool with that. Fair enough. You do you. But it's not where most Americans are. And it's not where most thinking people should be. You, you want to step back and you want to think of all the reasons. You want to justify it by claiming you're anti-Zionist as opposed to anti-Semite. You can play all the mental gymnastics that you want to, but at the end of the day, if you support a group of people that willingly went out and did the things that happened on October 7th of 2023, then I'm pretty sure you're going to find some point down the road when the reality checks are all in, that you're not only on the wrong side of history, but you're on the wrong side of humanity. The overwhelming majority of people that are standing out and trying to say, oh yes, I'm pro-Palestinian, or all the people that are supposed to be talking about how pro-humanity they are, and yet they're supporting a group of people that committed atrocious, horrific acts, violations of basic humanity. Using rape as a tool of war is pretty inhumane. The mutilation of corpses after the fact is pretty inhumane. The murder of tiny children is pretty inhumane. These are all things that occurred that are not Israeli propaganda against the Palestinians. The freaking Palestinians have put this video from their GoPros out themselves, celebrating, high-fiving, bragging. This is pretty inhumane. You really need to seriously check and see which side you're on. You want to pretend like there's some nuanced discussion about the ongoing treatments and mistreatments and reactions and overreactions. You can play that shell game all you want to as well, but at the end of the day, there still comes some very simple, basic truths, most of them circling around the fact that none of their Arab brothers want these people in their homeland either. Maybe that should be where you start this discussion. Maybe that should be where you start your research and trying to get to the truth about the Palestinian-Israeli relationship. Finding out why there is a Gaza envelope in the first place. Find out why Judea and Samaria are, are currently considered to be the West Bank. Maybe you should at least find out what river they're talking about when they start chanting from the river to the sea. 
all these are some basic fundamental places that you are being asked to participate in, that many of you are actually participating in, you should probably find out a little more about it before you jump all in just because somebody you think is cool is on board with it. Just a recommendation. All right, so the fact that a Jewish teacher has to hide from students in a high school, if that doesn't concern you enough, <clears throat> then I suppose there's nothing that will. But it's because of things like this happening right now that leads me to want to remind you again right now about this really great promotional holiday special going on over at Vanish Holsters. Now, they're doing a really awesome deal where you can buy one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at a discount and then get a second one for 50% off the already low discounted price. Now, that's pretty good. In fact, it's perfect if you want to own and, don't forget, use the world's most comfortable holster and to give one to a friend or family member that maybe you're thinking a Vanish Holster would be a great item for uh, that Christmas shopping list of yours. Now look, I'm, I'll promise you that you love this holster more than you love any other holster that you own. And the reason why is because you can use it to carry most any gun that you own in absolute comfort. It is so comfortable that you'll forget you're wearing it. That just so happens to be why they call it the Vanish Holster in the first place. It fits 99% of all semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions. And it also lets you conceal two fully loaded magazines. Best of all, it comes with a money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it as much as I suspect that you will, you can get all your money back with a hassle-free return policy. Now, you're really not going to do much better than that. Do need to remind you, though, it is a holiday special. So that means it is set to expire soon. And just like with this story I just told you, we know things right now are not going particularly well in our country. And you never know when you're going to need to, you know, be prepared. You know that criminals are more emboldened than ever, and the threat of terrorism is looming larger than it has in quite some time. So don't make the mistake of not being armed just because your holster is uncomfortable. I've been there. It makes me feel like such a goof. <laughs> it really does. Just go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P right now so that you can have the holster that makes it a pleasure to carry all day, every day with a $40 discount. And you can go ahead and take full advantage of the holiday special and get a second one for 50% off that price of the first one. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, do not miss out. Do not miss that opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. And we'll be back right after this. Recently, another American female expert on what real men are shared her observations. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Face from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Ms. Sandy LaCroix stated to all the real men out there, boys play house. Men build homes. Boys shack up. Men get married. Boys make babies. Men raise children. 
A boy won't raise his own children. A man will raise his and someone else's. Boys invent excuses for failure. Men produce strategies for success. Boys look for someone to take care of them. Men look for someone else to take care of. Boys seek popularity. Men earn respect by knowing how to give it. Boys quit and walk away when things get hard. Men will promise to love you through it all. The one problem I have is in America today, most females prefer either the pookies and ray rays or clamber. But the top 5% of all men who are wealthy meet their height standard of at least six feet and have looks equivalent to a young Elvis or a young Denzel Washington and overlook the many good, solid, decent American men now forced to leave the U.S. to find someone who appreciates them. Hmm. I'm Ron Edwards. Don't miss the Ron Edwards American Experience Talk Show, 3 p.m. Eastern weekdays. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. 
go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. Damn you, when. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I gotta wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yep, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at RedBalloon.Work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschetz from RedBalloon.Work. Check us out today. This is Pastor Carl Noble. Have a very blessed Christmas, always remembering that the greatest gift ever given to us was our Lord who died and rose again so that we might have life both now and forever. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I want to remind you once again that if you're concerned about your future economically, there's a few things that you can do. Take steps to be prepared, and one of those is to diversify into gold, silver, other precious metals. But gold and silver is primarily what I'm focused at because my gold company, Harvard Gold Group, has a great source of gold and silver coins. They've got a guaranteed low price. They are approved 
Better Business Bureau, five-star ratings across the board. And they make it easy to both buy and easy to sell. Like I said, they've got a low price guarantee, and they do have a promotional uh, gold and silver uh, option up to 15000 in free gold and silver with a qualifying purchase. All you have to do is call for their free investor's guide. Go ahead, call today. That number is 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Give them a call and find out whether or not you're looking to protect your retirement accounts or if you want to have gold in hand. Harvard Gold Group, they are the folks to talk to. So again, give them that phone call. 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Don't forget to mention TAP. T-A-P-P is that promotion code. Or you can mention TAP into the truth. Whatever you need to do, let them know I sent you. And that will qualify you with additional uh, with qualifying purchase for an additional $250 of gold and silver. So uh, with everything there, man, if you make the qualifying purchase, that's a big chunk of free gold and silver, okay? So uh, just check them out. See what uh, they've got to offer. See what's going on. Uh, you got to do something in these inflationary times, right? Don't let the next financial crisis that seems to be looming right over the horizon uh, catch you completely unaware. Call our friends at Harvard Gold Group. Okay, now, uh, there were some other stories that I wanted to get to, but I went way too long with my earlier segment. And by rights, I should be wrapping the show up right now. But before I do, I want to hit this last story that I had planned on doing last. It's kind of like a, a quick hit. I mean, I did plan on talking a little bit about Derek Chauvin today. Uh, I'll probably just have to either... Save that for next broadcast or possibly do a supplementary rumble video. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I wanted to talk about this situation that happened at a Christmas tree farm in Virginia. Uh, man, it, it really is amazing how woke ideology has managed to get themselves into things closely associated with Christmas. There's a Christmas tree farm in northern Virginia that actually felt that this is the perfect time, the, the perfect season, if you will, to blast an anti-Semitic message to customers and folks that were just passing by the farm. We're talking about Cox Farms, a very popular destination for pumpkin pickers and Christmas tree shoppers in the D.C. area. It put a ceasefire now on the roadside welcome sign. Okay, that's what they put up now. Ceasefire now. And then you're like, but Tim, ceasefire now isn't in and of itself anti-Semitic. No, no, it's not. But you see, they didn't stop there. See, they also accentuated their welcome sign by putting a wooden watermelon beside the display. Now, if you're not up with the trends, maybe you don't, because I actually had to research this. I didn't realize it. I don't have any friends that are texting me from the river to the sea, okay? I don't have a lot of people that are on the Palestinian side of this argument that are even trying to uh, discuss this topic with me because they don't like where it goes because I 
hold up a freaking mirror and ask them to defend their position based on why they're currently holding that position. And then I lay out the facts. And so they don't like having those conversations with me. So I haven't gotten a lot of this, but evidently the addition of the watermelon, it wasn't just some folksy farmy touch. It was an obvious wink and a nod to the from the river to the sea crowd who used the watermelon emoji to show their solidarity with Hamas. Nothing says, let's celebrate the birth of the Christ child like an anti-Jewish smear on display to the public. For crying out loud. Now, the owners of the Cox Farm, who clearly faced some blowback from the community for their unnecessarily political sign, took to Facebook this past Thursday, uh, the day of giving thanks, I would like to remind everyone, to double down on their hatred for Israel, explaining that they, quote, are committed to fighting injustice and white supremacy. Now, if you're confused, wait until you read the entire message, or in this case, I read it to you. Now, if you don't want to have to go through the whole thing, let me just read to you the entire screen. We have been informed, this of course is from Cox Farms, we have been informed that our sign message reading Ceasefire Now is offensive to some people. And again, I would remind you, Cox Farms, it's not the Ceasefire Now, although that's Offensive enough to anybody that recognizes that terrorists should not be allowed to hide behind hostages, children, and hospitals and get away with it. Uh, terrorists should not be allowed to be seen as a legitimate organization uh, defending humans after the attacks and assaults that we saw on October 7th. No, no, no. I'll remind you that there is enough reason for ceasefire now to be offensive. It's in fact the freaking watermelon showing your solidarity with the terrorist, inhumane, garbage excuse for humanity that is Hamas. That's what's offensive. Now, if I was Jewish, ceasefire now probably would be pretty offensive in, its, in and of itself, but that's not the point. Let me get back to the message. <clears throat> to clarify our message, we believe that we are not free until we are all free. Yes, that includes hostages and political prisoners. I doubt they feel that way about the J6 uh, political prisoners. Anyway, back. political prisoners and people who are undocumented or unhoused and people living under occupation or colonial rule. And yes, Ukrainians and yes, Palestinians. Okay. We are committed to fighting injustice and white supremacy. We will continue to use the small roadside platform we have to speak truth to traffic. <laughs> well, I'll give them points for cleverness there, I suppose, because truth to traffic, uh, they don't know who's driving by. They're not speaking truth to power, certainly. They're the ones with the power. They control the roadside sign. But truth to traffic... 
is that true? The, the only truth you're conveying, guys, is that you're a bunch of terrorist-supporting morons. But you'll do really well since your primary business uh, involves clientele coming from the D.C. area. I'm sure you're going to be fine. You're not going to face a major backlash from your normal clientele base because most of them are actually on board with the, well, we don't really like Israel side of things. Because it's amazing. In Israel, you find a lot of Jews that tend to be what we would consider conservative from the viewpoint here in the United States, although most of them are only trying to survive. Try being surrounded on all sides by your enemies. Enemies that legitimately want to commit not violent acts against you, but legitimately would prefer to commit acts of genocide. But no, we, we shouldn't be worried about that. We should be worried about the fact that, back to quoting, we are committed to fighting injustice and white supremacy. We will continue to use our roadside platform that we have to speak truth to traffic because we believe that showing solidarity with oppressed people is the right thing to do. We continue to condemn racism and hate, including both anti-Semitism and anti-Muslim sentiments. Dude, you don't have to talk about anti-Muslim sentiments if you're on board with trying to call out and condemn anti-Semitism. But you're not actually condemning anti-Semitism when you put the damn watermelon up there beside the sign. It's pretty obvious that you're on board with anti-Semitism. These so-called Palestinian people are not an oppressed people. They are a group of people that are so violently radicalized that they're not welcome anywhere they go because they're too much of a destabilizing factor. They will not live peacefully with their neighbors no matter where you put them. These people literally engage in the Twelvers mentality and still couldn't find a welcoming home in Iran, the most prolific amongst the Twelvers. They're not oppressed. They're just unwilling to be neighborly. To the point that they want to kill everyone. And they're not satisfied with just killing the Jews. That's just the starting point. That's not anti-Muslim sentiment either. It's just who the overwhelming majority of the so-called Palestinian people happen to be. Now, back to quoting their Thanksgiving Day message. We understand that Judaism comprises a very diverse range of cultures and religious beliefs and should not be centralized or conflated with the state of Israel. Demanding that Israel stop indiscriminately and relentlessly bombing Gaza, and the U.S. government stop weapons, trade, and military support for the occupation of Palestine does not make us anti-Semitic. But it does. Do you know why it does? Because you said the occupation of Palestine. Palestine is not a place that exists. It does not exist. Period. There is no Palestine. Not even on a pretend map. 
You can draw your own little map and say, well, this is Palestine. Gaza is Palestine. The West Bank is Palestine. No, it's not. It's not. It wasn't Palestine before Israel took some of these territories. It's not Palestine. For you to sit there and say it's Palestine is anti-Semitic because it is an ignoring of Israel's right to exist. Period. If you don't understand that, then you don't understand what you're talking about and probably should not have access to a sign. Now I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Something that I learned by virtue of working trade shows. Okay, See, like a lot of you out there, if you haven't ever had to do that, you might mistakenly, like I did when I was younger, believe that in order to run a business, you have to be really smart. You have to know a lot about at least the business that you're in and have a general fundamental idea about business in general. And most people that are involved in a business do have a certain level of knowledge, but the terrible sad truth is you don't have to be particularly smart to run a business. You just have to have enough money to cover your mistakes. That's all. Just have enough money to keep going. You're good. And that's not necessarily a function of having been smart about how you're running your business. Sometimes it's not even a function of your business. Now, again, I'm not calling business owners dummies. I, don't get me wrong. I am saying that I've met several people that were running their business at one point or another that clearly were not that smart. I met them. They're still lovely people. Well, some of them were, some of them not. It's not meant to be an attack on any one individual or another. Just a point that not everybody that runs a business is smart. And this is not smart. You do not go on Thanksgiving and say clearly anti-Semitic things and try and pretend like it means you're not anti-Semitic. This statement that you made 100% makes you anti-Semitic. Ceasefire now means one thing. Israel must lay down its arms and subject its people to being annihilated by Hamas. That's not open to interpretation. That is what you're calling for, whether you're smart enough to realize it or not. What the owners of Cox Farm are saying through this very public display, their effort to speak truth to traffic, this public display of this disgraceful message is that they'd prefer not to see Jews walking this earth. They certainly don't seem to want them as customers. Unsurprisingly, this isn't the first radical message to appear on the Cox Farms welcoming sign. They have put up things like resist white supremacy. They put up things like no ban, no wall, no ice. Asylum for the sake of humanity. Separating families won't make us safer. Oh, yes. They fall into every little bumper sticker the leftist in this country wants you to think is actually well-thought-out philosophy and policy. See, the left has a bad idea. Uh, the 
rank and file leftists that just follow orders from on high get a real bad idea of what the word policy actually even means. You, you do understand that a lot of these folks, you'll ask them, what is your policy for the Middle East? They'll tell you some nonsensical BS about diplomacy. Diplomacy is our policy. Diplomacy is not a policy. Diplomacy is part of how you enact a policy. Way too many people have been turned loose with a platform, a billboard, some way to send out a message and have zero concept of what it is they're actually talking about. And unfortunately, we tend to elect people that don't know what they're talking about. But the Cox Farm, which is located in Centerville, Virginia, which is in the literal mind hive of Fairfax County, the land on which Cox Farms has resided for over 50 years was once owned by George Washington's friend, Lord Fairfax, who assumed control of the land long inhabited by a local Indian tribe. So you could say that the owners of the Cox Farms are themselves colonizers who ruthlessly promote their own brand of white supremacy and commit injustice every day that they inhabit that land. Oh, shame on them. How terrible they must feel about that. In fact, I don't know why they haven't turned over the farm uh, back to the indigenous tribe for which that land was taken. I mean, leftists can't even let apple picking, hay rides, and Christmas tree shoppings be enjoyable and family-friendly, for the love of Pete. They have to, to suck the fun and joy out of absolutely everything because they want everyone to be as joyless and as miserable as they are. And luckily for the moral, right-thinking people who remain in the northern Virginia area, there are plenty of beautiful Christmas tree farms where you can go get a Christmas tree without the anti-Semitic season's greeting. So I recommend you guys do exactly that. Cox Farms, well, <laughs> the only thing I have left to say is not very Christian-like, so I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to let that be it for today. We've run long enough. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me today. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Hope to see you Tuesday night, but if I don't, we'll definitely get back together come Friday. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday, and I hope Christmas or Hanukkah, depending on whichever one you celebrate, is joyous and wonderful and all that good stuff. In the meanwhile, here's a classic final message at the end of the show to send off to one Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp.
evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.